We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my friends and you sweet, sweet souls. Thank you for tuning in to Journey to Center on Empower Radio. You know, I believe the most important thing we can do as human beings is to take personal responsibility for ourselves. In other words, not blame other people for our problems, not look to other people to fix them, and not give our power away. I believe as we take greater responsibility, we align more fully with our authentic power. And as we do this, we become free. And isn't freedom something everybody wants? So how do we do this? How do we become more responsible, loving, and authentically empowered beings? For me, I like to learn from others who have gone before me, those who are the living example of self-mastery, wisdom, and expanded consciousness. That's why I do this show, so I can have these conversations and bring this information, tools, and techniques, and teachings to you. And for this, I feel very, very blessed. And we are so very blessed to have with us today a profound and wise teacher. At the age of 14, Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. apprenticed with his father, Don Miguel Ruiz Sr., and his grandmother, Madre Sarita. He translated Madre Sarita's prayers, lectures, and workshops from Spanish into English. He learned the content of her teachings in both languages. He also came to understand the power of faith. He saw firsthand how his grandmother manifested her intention to heal people, both physically and spiritually. For the past six years, Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. has applied the lessons learned from his father and grandmother to define and enjoy his own personal freedom while achieving peace with all of creation. Today, Don Miguel is married and has two young children, and as a Noel, he now passes along the wisdom and the tools of his family's tradition to help others achieve optimal physical and spiritual health. He's written two very empowering books, Living a Life of Awareness and the Five Levels of Attachment. Today, we're talking about his new book, The Mastery of Self, a Toltec Guide to Personal Freedom. So, Don Miguel Ruiz, Jr., thank you for being here today on Journey to Center. Hi, Tony. Thank you so much for having me on your show again. It's a real honor. Thank you. It is. And I just want to step back a little bit. You've written three books, not two books. You've written yeah. three really great books. Thank you. <laughs> and here today we're talking about your latest book, which I absolutely love, The Mastery of Self. Oh, thank so, you. Yes, it's really great. So I just want to hear from you, in your words, Miguel, what mm-hmm. is The Mastery of Self? Well, to me, it's the moment where I no longer pretend to be something I am not, and I accept myself just the way I am at this very moment. It's the moment where I become aware that I control to the tips of my fingers my own will. And to be able to see myself and be myself is the expression of unconditional love. And you see, unconditional love is the willingness to see life as is, unfiltered. And with that unconditional love comes respect. So... Like I was saying in the intro, I'm able to have complete and total control of my will, and I take full, complete responsibility for the actions and reactions that, I, that come from it. It's it's me. I, I am a co-creator of life, because life has all the right to say no to me, just as much as it has the right to say yes. So 
when life says yes to me, it's what we know as an opportunity. And I say yes, and I say, and life says yes, everything is possible. And for me, is to respect my own capacity to say yes and no with a complete freedom of life. So to me, the mastery of self is just the word that describes the expression and ability to love myself unconditionally at this very moment. Mm -hmm. To see myself, like I said, as the sum of my, all my choices I've ever made and take responsibility for every single one of them and sometimes see myself as the youngest I will ever be and how do I want to live the rest of my life? How do I want to engage this very moment of who I am. So that's, to me, that's a lot to describe something that is simply the expression of un unconditional love, which is to enjoy the ability to take a breath at this very moment. And that, yeah. to me, is the mastery of self. Yeah, I love how you're expressing that. And and for me, what, what, as you're saying what you're saying, it um, reminds me that to be a master of myself means just to live with a wide open heart. Mm-hmm. To be in um, my loving. And I love something you write about in your book. And I think this is so powerful. You become a master of self when you can engage in the dream of the planet without losing sight of your authentic self. Yes. yes it can be hard is. sometimes. Well, of course. And it happens <laughs> all the time because, well, yeah, there's, there's 7 billion human beings living life at this very moment. And that, not just that, that includes life and nature and the fauna and the flora. It's, everything is gauging, everything is moving, and we're all going in different directions. So, you know, when we're growing up, you know, we, we, we give our power away to our domesticators and who project the mask onto us. And little by little, we... We take that mask off. You can say that's the personal journey that some of us do, that we begin to heal from the wounds that conditional love left in our life, which is mm -hmm. the result of that domestication or conditioning, whichever word we want to use. And then little by little, we come at peace within, our, within ourselves to bring harmony as we heal. As you can say that, if I'm the voice who's talking in my own mind, who's listening? Well, I am. <laughs> but if I'm the one who's listening, who's talking? Well, I am. And that's, that's the relationship between me and me. So if in that relationship, there is no dis, if there's disharmony in that relationship, then I've got nothing but disharmony to give. But if I bring harmony in that relationship where I no longer use my mind as my active domesticator, where I no longer use my heart as the active victim, then I bring peace into my life. And when I find that peace, when I find that harmony, that's when I'm able to engage it with the dream of the planet. That's when I'm able to stay in my center, to have compassion for the people in my life, to see them in the same way I see myself as a living being. For example, you are my equal because you're alive at the same time as I am. We've both said yes to the things you said yes to in life. You both said no to the things we've said no to in life. And yet we still have our whole life ahead of us. And while we're both alive, or you're alive and I'm alive, anything is possible. And that's the infinite possibility. So that makes you my equal because we're both in a place where we're able to express our free will, whether we are aware of it or not. And mm -hmm. that comes from that self-respect we have for ourselves, for myself. I can't give what I do not have. So in order to stay in that center, in, in order to stay in that discipline, I'm always aware of my force, or you can say my life, my who I am, not as a definition, but as the experience of a living being who's engaging life and doing the best that I can with what I've got. Mm -hmm. 
And that's me. I'm alive. <laughs> I'm a constant in every relationship I am in. Mm, that's beautiful. Well, I have to say, I really loved your book as soon as I picked it up, um, starting with the introduction. And I thought that was such a wonderful analogy. You talk about going to a party where everybody's kind of drunk and inebriated and you're sober and you're watching um, the chaos and the drama and the emotions. And what do you do with that? Mm -hmm. That is such a great analogy because I do feel like people, a lot of people are really hurting. Your dad wrote about that in one of his books. Um, Yeah, where people are wounded and you you want to help and they're hurting and you try to touch them and they yell. So, I mean, to to have that profound awareness Mm -hmm. for me. So rather than um, engaging in people's inebriated behavior or trying to, heal them, I take responsibility for myself so that I can be in compassion with others that are in all states of, of woundedness or confusion. So I, that was very helpful. I really appreciate that analogy a lot. It's like, it's, it's basically the image of being the only sober person at a party where everyone's drunk and everyone's in different stages of inebriation. Some of them have been carrying a glass of wine and nursing that glass of wine for hours, and which means they're barely tipsy at all. And then there's people who are in a third or fourth bottle of wine and they're completely inebriated and blacked out and they're functioning. And everyone you interact with somewhere in between. And the reason why we stay in the party is because in that party we find the people we love, we love our our family, our friends, and we engage them. We we are in this carnival and we came to ride the rides. We want to enjoy it. But the thing, the thing about it is that we, we that's the reason why we engage it. So how to stay in our discipline is to know that I'm not there to wake them. I'm I'll wake them up or make them sober. I'm mm-hmm. there to enjoy the relationship. And, mm. you know, it reminds me of how my wife, we, when we found out that our son was coming, that we're going to have a boy, my, my wife had a somewhat of a strong reaction. She's like, how am I going to raise a boy? I only know girls. How am I going to raise my son to respect women? And I said to her, honey, there's no amount of sermons or lectures that's going to work. He's going to learn to respect women by watching me respect you. And that's the truth. Well, that's how we, we engage and share. You know, I've, I have friends who, who work with me, even ex-girlfriends, who also see me very happy. And they ask me, how did I do it? And not, and not, and not because I, I, I impose my will onto them by telling them this is how I did it. They ask me. You know, if you put your nose where it doesn't belong, it's going to get broke. That's what my father always taught taught me. (laughs) So so we shared knowledge when someone asked us. And we share it when someone's ready. So from that point of view, we share our tradition when someone asks us to share it. You know, we, Mm -hmm. we, 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 we come up with an opportunity. And if someone wants to engage it, they engage it. If they don't, they don't engage it. That's fine. That's like a book. If you want to read our books, there's the book. And if you don't want to read it, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. You know, we can find enlightenment in music and in arts and and life and prayers and and and, and that in the in the moment of being alive. But it makes so much sense in that moment where we're willing to listen. Now, for example, my father wrote the four agreements when I was. 22 years old in 1997 and I picked up the book and I put it down after three chapters because it was my dad telling me what to do all over again. <laughs> and then some life, some years happened, uh, life happened, 
you know, by the graduation of college and the bubble burst. And several years later, at the age of 27, I picked it up again, and I read it like everyone else reads it, like this instrument that brings this aha moment into our life. And I use it as an instrument to heal myself. And the difference that happened is that I shifted my perception of life. I, I began to live life. I began to see my father as my peer. And the lesson came like a seed and it blossomed at the right moment. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lesson is. That's, that's how we share our lessons. So we, we, sh- we come to this world to engage the people we love, to co-create together. Mm-hmm. So that's the mastery of self right then and there. It's just that I know what I control, and I only control my own will. I do not control any others. For example, I say my words. And I'm both right to the people who agree with me, and I am wrong to the people who disagree with me. And that's because I'm not able to control the perception of another individual. And I celebrate that because it means that we all have our own free will, and not only free will, our own freedom of how to perceive life. And my responsibility is to say my word with clarity and integrity. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm responsible. I'm responsible for what I say. I'm not responsible for what you hear because of that awareness. Such a significant point. Yeah, because, I mean, what I got was um, live your truth and go where you're loved. And, you know, I don't, I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a healer, but it wasn't very effective, like you were saying, to try to get other people to understand or give them your books, you know, try to shove it down people's throat doesn't work. But what I found does work is me just staying in my center and celebrating my experience of life and connecting with other people of like mind and then going where I'm invited, you know? Yes, exactly. That's the whole, that's how I see it too. I go where I'm invited. I, I, get, I get the opportunity. And like, for example, people who go to my classes, they gave me the opportunity at that moment to teach. If those same people were dining in a restaurant and I see them and I sit down at the table and start teaching them, it wasn't going to work. Because I I'm wasn't not. given the invitation. <laughs> it was, I wasn't given the permission. And that's the key. Because yeah. when I teach, I know that I share my words the best I can, with clarity I can, integrity as I can. And whether someone learns or not, that's up to them. I don't control it. But I'm still going to give the opportunity when they give me the opportunity. That's like saying yes to me. Ah, that's beautifully put. I say that I go where I'm invited. I go mm-hmm. where I'm loved. So yeah, yeah it's, it's, um, it's very freeing. It's very liberating when I quit trying to force it into happen and allow it to happen instead. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So something I want to talk about that I think is so important, and I love how you put this, is it's the quality of emotions, like challenging emotions. And this is a quote from your book. Whether your tendency is to be consumed with anger or sulk silently, the underlying cause of these emotional reactions is always fear, the tool of conditional love. When fear overtakes and sparks an emotional reaction, your attachments and domestications are now running this show. Unconditional love is cast to the wayside. Becoming a master of self is noticing when you begin to have an emotional reaction and ask yourself immediately, what am I afraid of? Mm-hmm. The you identify and release the fear, the faster you become regrounded in the authentic self. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's, it's learning how to honor our own emotions because our emotions are real, but we'll make sure that they may not be real. You know, and 
Well, it's so confusing when you're like, I guess, in that inebriated state or you have a lot of wounds that you haven't tended to. Um, emotions can be very confusing. We think we are our emotions, but mm-hmm. as we heal, we can start to see in greater equanimity. I love your tool here. It's like if you're in discomfort emotionally, to just immediately ask yourself, what is it that I'm afraid of? Yeah. I had a friend after we were talking, and he said, if you don't want to hear scary answers, don't ask scary questions. I know that's a, that's a quote from a movie he saw. And I said, well, here's the thing. You don't control what the answer is going to be just as much as you do control what the question is. But what you really control is what, what makes that answer scary and what makes that question scary. You control that. If you become aware that that fear came in, then it exposes something. It, it's, it brings out a wound. It brings out a belief that now you're aware of it. And if it's bringing fear into your life and you don't want it to be cause of fear, now that it's exposed and it's completely in your perception, you can begin to process it. You can begin to do work to heal the wound so that eventually you can ask the question because you're not afraid of the answer because fear is no longer anywhere. Because mm-hmm. once we heal that wound, whatever what was that scary answer and scary question, fear gets out of it, and now it's just an answer and question that allows you to inform your choices. Mm. That is incredibly wise. I love that. Thank you. Kihi. <laughs> and, you know, it, it really is. It comes down to love versus fear. Mm-hmm. It really can say, it is. You can, you can say fear is the result of the opposite of love, which is love. Opposite of love is love, or simply put, the opposite of unconditional love is conditional love. And conditional love, one of the ways that it's implemented is fear, it's anger, it's prejudice. Those are, those are the instruments that conditional love has, which is, you know, conditional love, if you live up to expectation, you get the reward. And if you don't, you get the punishment. And we are afraid of that spur. We're mm-hmm. afraid of that feeling. That's why it, it can be a very powerful motivator. It can be a very powerful thing that drives us to create a life. But it's a, it's a life that we're creating that someone else taught us. It's someone else's point of view. And we're not creating our own life for ourselves. And that's what unconditional love is. Unconditional mm-hmm. love is that I want to create this life for me. This is what I want to manifest. This is what I, this is how I want to live. Yeah, and this I is what I want to do with my life force. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah, you, you say conditional love is what causes our problems and pain, and unconditional love is what creates freedom. Yes. By healing the wounds of conditional love mm-hmm. left in our life, it's, it's the thing that allows us to see life as is. You can say that the result of conditional love is that it only wants to see what it wants to see, only if it lives up to the expectation. But unconditional love is taking out those filters that allows us to see life as is, as it really is. Mm-hmm. And when we, we see that, we are actually awakening with awareness. We're seeing life as is. And that's what unconditional love is. I see myself as I am. Yeah, you know, and, and it's it can be challenging because most of us were raised by parents that, you know, gave us conditions. If you do this, you're good. Mm-hmm. If you do that, you're bad. If you're good, I'll love you. If you're bad, I won't. So how do we make that journey, Miguel, from having that experience of being loved conditionally to loving ourselves unconditionally, besides reading books and doing the exercise? It's it's compassion. Compassion Ah. is to see life uh, uh, from someone else's point of view. 
if you look at it from our parents, they're only sharing what someone did to them. Mm-hmm. And as parents, you know, one of the things that no one tells us is that we have no idea what we're doing. We're playing it by ear as we go along, and we usually, since we don't know, we go fall back to what was taught to us. So from that point of compassion, we decide, do, other, do we have a choice? to Do we continue with that cycle, or do we break it? And if we decide to break it, that's that we started with that within ourselves. We break mm-hmm. domestication in our life in order to break the cycle of domestication with our children. You know, we can't give what we do not have. Mm-hmm. So, because it's so easy to it's easy to craft the four agreements and turn it into the four conditions and domesticate our kids. That in order to be free, you have to always practice the four agreements. At that point, it stops being an instrument of transformation and it becomes an instrument of domestication. But if you become aware that it's just information, knowledge that informs our choice, but we're the ones making the choice, that I'm free to take it personal just as much as I'm free to not take it personal. The word agreement simply is a word that reflects the action of saying yes. Mm-hmm. So when I say yes to not take it personal, that's when that agreement becomes alive because I used it to, to inform my choice, but I made the choice. So to break the cycle of domestication is to express it with respect for self, which allows me to respect the will of another. To allow, for example, my kids to be able to see the choices for herself and allow her to become aware of the consequences of her choices. But the motivator is not conditional love. It's not the not my. I don't dangle my love in front of her in order to follow the elusive carrot. I love her. She's eating the carrot. She's engaging life. She's, <laughs> that's not a motivator. She is. She has it. And so without love, part of my my raising her as my son is to, to for them to have the confidence in themselves to make choices, to say yes and no to life. Because that's what life is. Life teaches us through action-reaction. Mm-hmm. And it's the consequences that teaches us. So for me in life, that's how I learn for myself. I learn from the consequences of my life. For example, I, I grew up in a time where, you know, how I used the image of how am I going to respect women? You know, and, and I said, he respect, he learned by watching me respect you. Well, when I was growing up, I had my father's imagery of how to respect women, and as well as I grew up with the Duns and Roses and Two Life Crew, or the opposite. So if I use the Two Life Crew, uh, Guns and Roses imagery, that my girlfriend, that girlfriend, that girlfriend won't be my girlfriend for too long. It won't work. But if I use what my father taught me, the relationship lasts a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And that's what life is. We, we learn from those experiences. And it's, yes. uh, and, uh, and it's to us to allow ourselves and our children and the people in our life to have those experiences. That's, that's a gift. Mm. I love that. It takes a lot of pressure off feeling like we have to mold or teach or fix or um, heal somebody else. There's a lot of pressure that's uh, that's taken off because we're no longer responsible for their will, but we are co-creators and we're co-creating the dream together. And that well, that's that's to free our will to to co-create in that way. It's beautiful. It's a, it's a wonderful experience because it makes us free to do it in that yes. way. Yeah, to me, as I've learned to do that myself, life has definitely become more of a celebration. Yes. 
celebration because well, if we didn't have life, what would happen? <laughs> I don't know. So we might as exactly. well enjoy it while we can, right? Exactly. Yes, I'm enjoying you thoroughly, Miguel, and I want you to do a shout out so people know where they can get in touch with you, get your books, connect with you, find out what you're up to, where you're teaching, what, where, where can they find you? Thank you. My, you can find me on my home base, which is miguelruizjr.com. That's miguelruizjr.com. And social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and all kind of things. Those instruments are not there, but... My home base is my website, and uh, you'll be on on an East Coast tour very soon, so it'll be fun. Oh, you are fun, and I just love the way you speak and teach and celebrate life. I'm totally inspired by you, and I would love to have you back. Oh, thank you so much, Tanya. I really appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Anytime. I appreciate it. You really, you really are the living example of um, just empowerment and integrity and kindness and, and love. So this has thank really you. been quite... Um, Quite a treat for my soul today. Thank you so much. I'm honored and grateful for the opportunity. Thank you. Absolutely. And to my listeners, thank you for hanging out with us. I would love to hear from you. Again, this is about relating to each other with love. So if you have questions, comments, if there's somebody you'd like me to interview on the show, uh, be in touch with me at TammyBPhD.com. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Let's connect. Let's celebrate. Let's continue to ascend in our vibration with grace and ease. So God bless you. Onward and upward. Bye for now.